Welcome to Welcome the Gun Show. I am joined by Derek. Hello, everybody. And Gaz. Hey, everyone. And uh, Derek didn't really have a, a, a gender neutral, funky yeah, greeting there. I mean, he. I, f- I forgot to find one. Everybody's pretty gender neutral, but. Uh, I thought we'd have a little blast from the past, you know? <laughs> Re- revisit an older greeting. What you should do, like, for the next one is. Uh, it's later, losers. <laughs> oh, no. I'm he says no, but he really liked that jokes. one because he's laughing. <laughs> That's fucking terrible. Yeah, I normally come up with that, that sort of shit, so Corn. Terrible. Yeah. You should have done it tonight, too, but... There was a long pause, so I figured that I should jump in and like do it. <laughs> Good job. I'm proud of you. <laughs> so, um, Michael, you're in for a surprise, dude, because as fate would have it, we had no idea what to talk about this week. And uh, you posted four hours ago, if Gaz's uh, screenshot is accurate, that you would like us to do a show on good habits. Um you make it sound like we didn't see a request from one of our listeners and go, how can we make our listeners happy? Except for Shaw, fuck you, Shaw. But with the rest of our listeners. <laughs> well, Michael, ignore everything I said up to this point. We looked at this and we decided that we should scrap the show idea that we had. It was fucking yeah. fantastic. Brilliant, scripted to the word. Fantastic. Spent six months working on this. And the, the, ho- the like, guest that we had to cancel to make this show happen... Sorry, you go back to France. We don't give a shit about you. (laughs) We're doing Michael's show, and take that. (laughs) So, Michael wanted just to talk about uh, good habits. He says uh, things that are obvious and some things that are not so obvious, uh, and he has some examples, which we'll probably talk through. Most of those, and then we'll just roll with it and see where it goes from there, which means you guys are in for an epic shit show, um, <laughs> as usual. So, uh, shall I shall I read his first one, and we can we can sort of jump off from there. Sounds legit. Yeah, I'm trying so, to find it. Sorry. So he uh, Gaz sent it in the uh, in in. I know. I, I just closed it. So uh, his very first one is uh, an example of a good habit is changing your carry ammo yearly. T-Bag, why do we change uh, carry ammo and why is yearly not necessarily often enough or perhaps too often for some people, depending on? Well, apparently we change carry ammo because uh, those evil gun dealers want to make millions out of you. Um, So you're saying yearly is not enough, it should be like every six weeks. Once Weekly. a month. <laughs> Once a month is now a thing because with the Welcome to the Gun Show drill of the month, um, yeah. that I, after I shot it with carry ammo, everyone's now shooting with carry ammo. Um, yeah. Don't do that, people. That gets expensive really quickly. I just did it because I had ammo that needed to be expended. <laughs> it was a good way to expend it. Uh, I think lots of guys are doing it as an excuse now. Oh, you see, I didn't shoot that well because of the recoil of my carry ammo. 
I mean, that might be. So, sorry, T-Bug, I'm going to interrupt the uh, the why we change carry ammo and why the dealers want us to do all these things for one moment. And uh, you may need to jump in here. Because I mentioned the drill of the month and uh, Zero Mike, show sponsor, has graciously agreed Yay. to sponsor the Welcome to the Gun Show drill of the month. Yep. And the ultimate winner of this will uh, receive 1,000 bullets of their choice. I never specified a thousand. I just said a bag. My plan was to give them like two bullets in a Ziploc bag and go, there you go. <laughs> okay. I'm going to have to beep my whole section of how much they're getting out. But I mean, yeah, I probably no, won't. Right. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Zero Mike are, are the new sponsor of um, the Drill of the Week or Drill of the Month, uh, which was never the plan with Drill of the Month, but uh, it was quite kind of cool that the guys came up and, and wanted to do something. So uh, it's now, I suppose, the Zero Mike Bullets Drill of the Month. Um, and uh, if you do every Drill of the Month from April to whatever is six months from April, I did put it on the, on the Facebook page, I think it's September. Is it? I think it's September, October, well, something like that. Okay, yeah, I think you, you put it in September, I'm pretty sure, but it's on the post, and just don't yeah. look there. Yeah, whatever I said in the post is completely factual. Um, and uh, we'll take all the names of the guys who do every one. So you can't do one now and one in September, but all the guys who do every one, their names will go in a hat, uh, like a metaphorical hat, not an actual hat. Uh, and we will metaphorically draw a name out and that... We're going to actually print these. And put them in a hat. And we're going to put them in my hat that has the Magload sticker on the front and draw. Oh, I like that. I have there some Magload news as well. But anyway. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, then we'll, 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 we'll draw the, um, the winner. And that person will, will get a bag. They'll get a, a thousand free bullets. Um, it's not going to be based on your results or anything like that. So don't get the urge to start trying to cheat to win this and go, look at my 177 for X110 um, because it doesn't matter. If you have a 19-second run when everyone else is having a three-second run, your name goes in the same hat. Um, yeah, th this is this is a participation trophy. Yes. Yes. Um, <laughs> but it requires a lot of participation to get it. So there's no reason to cheat. Fake runs, shoot stuff, they're warmed up when you should be shooting them cold, et cetera, et cetera. Um, the actual draw performance does not matter. And just something else that I need to, to mention here because I think we have had an international submission. Uh, this is only valid for people within South Africa. Um, it's not well, economical to ship... <laughs> if you win we'll send you a hat or a patch or if you're international and you win we'll put your name in the thing you're just not going to get a thousand bullets we'll send you some shit that's not too expensive to ship yeah so, something that, that that doesn't cost more than a thousand bullets <laughs> to get to you or if you're in just america kind of we'll send you five small pistol primers <laughs> not 500 not 5000 but five. It's like a whole year's <laughs> worth of shooting. That's way more than a thousand bullets. <laughs> <laughs> okay, just to yes. confirm, it is it is up until September, April to September. So that's confirmed. Sounds good. Well, so that means... So, so if you have... Hmm. 
No, I continue to because I need to check the calendar before I can say these words. <laughs> so if you haven't done your April submission yet, um, you best Next hurry along Friday. and get it done. Yeah. So, uh, and, and we like the CFR. There's no extensions. Um, so <clears throat> get get sorted. You've got, you've got another week or so. If you don't get in on this one, it doesn't matter if you start next month, you're not going to be in the draw. We're going to carry on doing drill of the month. You just won't be eligible to win a very, very cool, valuable prize. Yeah. And don't let, uh, if you do miss this and you're listening to the show later, don't let that stop you from entering the, uh, the drill of the month. Uh, there's valuable lessons to be learned from this. And, uh, I haven't had time to to really look at the group this week. I have some admin that I need to do. I need to move some posts and things around for the draw of the month. Uh, but I believe there have been a lot more submissions, quite a few uh, repeat submissions, mm. uh, which is pretty cool to see guys actually improving on their runs and uh, and figuring some stuff out. Uh, keep that up, dudes. Please please post them, mm. um, regardless of the actual result. So if you didn't shoot everything in the 10 for this draw, that, that is the... The requirement for a pass in this drill is everything in the 10 ring. But if you didn't shoot everything in the 10 ring, please still submit it. There's stuff to be learned from it. Yeah. And, and bullets you know to what be you, won. Exactly. And bullets um, to be won. Which you might need. Um, if if you fired five misses in 47 seconds, you're, you're still in. And in case you're worried, Corn, Gaz, and I are not eligible um, to win the prize. That's it. I'm no longer doing the drills a month. <laughs> Shot all those ranges for no reason. <laughs> and I am trying to convince the guys to put a little sweetie in if you do it with uh, zero mic bullets. That sounds nice. Awesome. Maybe um, we'll give you a welcome if, to the gun show patch. If there are uh, other uh, potential sponsors listening to this and you guys want to get in on the uh, on the draw for this, please hit up one of us and uh, we can have a talk. Um no promises, guys, but like if, if there are other uh, sort of people who are interested in getting their name out and attach to this stuff, please do. Lance, Daniel. <laughs> yep. And and some other people. But like I said, reach out. We won't bully you too much. Um, <laughs> Unless, of course, your product's shit, in which case, fuck off, we don't care. Yeah, that's that's why you need to contact us. <laughs> you don't just get to post that we're going to sponsor this now. Contact us. We need to approve it. Yeah. <laughs> if, 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 if you do that, um, we, we may just ban you off whatever platforms we have and swear at you every show. <laughs> Andy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know what's funny? I think we swear at Shaul more than we swear at Andy. No, 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 no. We don't. You do. <laughs> <laughs> Us piling on because you encourage it doesn't mean we do it more. Fuck you, Shaw. Tarek nearly drowned in his whiskey. So, see, back. I I interrupted you. I'm so sorry. It just did occur to me when uh, when we we started talking about all this stuff. Um, no, no. no. So, good. why do we change carry ammo other than supporting the dealers so they can drive Lamborghinis? So there's, there seems to be this perception that, that carry ammo just, or, or ammunition lasts forever because if it's stored in a cool, dry place, it'll last a really long time. And there's generally a story about, uh, you know, Uem Yan or whoever who had a, 
box of World War One four five five Webley ammo that he found and shot off, and they worked fine. So there's no need to change your ammo. Um, and it's Jerry crap, but anyway, you know, carry ammo as opposed to ammo stored in a cool, dry place um, is is subjected to environmental things, temperature changes. The oil you put on your gun, especially if you're one of those idiots who puts WD-40 or, or Q20 on their gun, don't do that. Um, use DVC technologies products. Um, you know, primers. You know, if, if you're putting a penetrating oil on your gun and that gets on your ammunition, that can get get sort of into the primer and, and deactivate the primer. It can get into the powder and, and deactivate that or, or um, deactivate some of it. And then just the, the 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 simple act of loading and unloading ammunition dings up case rooms, um, dings up bullets, shortens cartridges, and can also loosen primer compound. Um, so traditionally, uh, you know, the recommendation was carry change the carry ammo once a year. Um, some people prefer to recommend that you you change it every six months. Um, you know, some guys go extreme and, and do everything you shoot must be carry ammo, which is just what ends up happening then is you don't shoot. So that's that's not really a solution. Um I I'm a big fan of a of a system that I don't know if he came up with it, but it was popularized by, by Claude Werner. Um every time I load a round in the chamber of my pistol, it gets marked with a, a permanent marker on the on the base of the case. Um, once it's got four stripes on it, it goes to the bottom of the mag. Um, once the whole mag has four stripes on it, it gets shot off. Uh, so, so basically for all intents and purposes, no cartridge is, is loaded into the chamber more than four times. Um, and what that does is, well, let's it, backtrack slightly. Your, a cartridge is, is really designed to be loaded in the chamber of, of a semi-automatic firearm once be loaded and unloaded and loaded and unloaded. It's designed to be loaded once and fired. Um, most of us, I mean, if, 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 if most of us are not in a financial position where we can take a 20 Rand cartridge loaded once and, and throw it away, um, you know, sometimes that, that could mean you're throwing three cartridges away in a day. Uh, and if you, if you are in that financial position, you're probably not listening to the show. Uh, <laughs> so, it you know it, it 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 that's not a viable solution you know I, I know that there are there are schools of thought that work like that that's not realistic um, by the same token continually loading and unloading a cartridge is going to be problematic I'm aware of instances where it's caused uh, light strikes because the primers died um, mal you know feeding malfunctions because you know, the cartridge three rounds down has been fed 20 times and is now three mils shorter than everything else in the in, in the mag. Um, I've witnessed with my own eyes a shooter with, with quality carry ammunition that I'd been nagging at them to, to change for, for a while, uh, have a, an actual hang fire on the second round in their carry gun. Um, so a hang fire being a delayed reaction from, from the firing pin hitting the primer to the primer igniting. Those are all obviously serious concerns if it's a self-defense gun. So I would I would suggest mm. at least replacing a carry every six months. Um, 
personally, as I say, I, I do this sort of market and, and replace it, um, which is going to vary how often I'm I'm replacing it, but it's not going to go, that, that ammo is probably not going to be in my gun for more than six months or, or anything like that, just with, you know, I, I don't unload my carry gun every day and don't do that, it's silly. Um, but uh, I don't unload my carry gun every day. So sometimes it gets unloaded. Sometimes, it, it, as I say, it might be loaded and unloaded three times in a day. Uh, but by marking it and, and keeping track of it, I can I can replace my carry ammo with, with fresh ammo and give myself the best chance to, to have a gun that works. It also gives you an opportunity to make sure that your gun still works with your carry ammo. Um, and to do things like check zero on that. Uh, you know, does does your carry ammo shoot where your sights are? Um, you know, it's that that's a concern. You know, I, I don't want something that's going to shoot twelve inches higher, twenty five meters, because that's a uh, that's problematic. So it gives you a chance to check that. It gives you a chance to keep check that the gun's still working, um, and it gives you a chance to to replace it with fresh ammo. Not a bad idea with with something like our drill of the month is. You know, when it's time to replace that carry ammo, um, run run a couple of drills with it. Um, you know, do do something. You know, don't just plink it off. Um, or you know, I've come across guys who who want to put it in the back of the safe and save it in case the zombie apocalypse comes. Um, but you know, shoot it off. Make sure it still works in your gun. Make sure that. Uh, you you see where it shoots and uh, that you kind of have an idea of how how it shoots you know especially especially if you're one of the guys who's carrying something super hot you know if, if you're carrying some sort of plus p plus load um and all you ever shoot is a a, a really really soft you know it doesn't even make power factor load or barely makes power factor load it's not a bad idea every so often just to see how your gun actually recoils as opposed to uh, how you normally experience it. So a uh, couple of things on that. I don't generally shoot my carry ammo as soon as it comes out the gun when it's time to replace. Um, mostly because I don't, I don't always get to the range every week and I don't always get to do carry stuff every time I go to the range. Um, so if you do do that and you have to put it in the safe like I do uh, for a week or two or whatever, Make sure that you store that separately and store it in some way that can be identified as this was used ammo. Um, like I don't put it back in boxes mm. and ammo that comes out of boxes is new ammo and that's fit for carry uh, after it's been case gauged. Funny story on that. We'll talk about that in a moment. Um, put it in a clear plastic bag or something or put it in a one of those tubs that you use for your reloads when you go to the range or something like that so you know that that stuff needs to get shot and then go and use it productively when you go to the range. Throw the month, excellent idea. Um, I put it in the same, same box as I put reloads in, so it's yep. super obvious. I, don't, yeah, I also don't put it back in the factory boxes. No, yeah. yeah. Don't, don't do that because you're going to mix them up. I guarantee it. You're going to do that at some point. Um, this doesn't only apply to semi-auto band guns. Um, it also applies to wheel guns. Uh, partially because they're more exposed to the elements in wheel guns, typically. Uh, also, oil, penetrating oils and, and sort of rime and dirt and all sorts of shit can get into ammo and onto ammo when it's being carried in wheel guns. And the last thing is, if you're shooting really hot ammo in um, sort of lightweight 
sort of small framed uh, wheel guns, you can have the opposite effect where you don't have bullet setback, but the bullets actually pull forward out of the case. Um, yeah. So if you've shot stuff in the same cylinder where you had your carry ammo, uh, specifically hot ammo, light, small framed revolvers, make sure that you replace that ammo as soon as possible. Um, because that is sort of similar to having dead powder in your semi-auto gun where you end up with something stuck in the barrel and that gun is out of the fight. You can't fix it in the middle of the fight. If you have bullets pull forward and they lock up the cylinder, that revolver is out the fight. You need a gunsmith. Um, so be careful of that with, with carry ammo. Um, and related to all of that with carry ammo, be careful and be aware of the environmental factors that you put on your ammo you know we've heard of a few guys having their carry ammo get wet for whatever reason at that point i'm going to replace that at without having to even think about it the other things like with my work i've been into a couple of places where i got horribly dirty and full of sawdust and that and which resulted in my my edc getting full of all that stuff and because of that that was a hot environment and then you've got the sawdust mixing with that the gun was cleaned and the ammo was replaced at the same time because of the environment I put that ammo through. So be mindful of that. That's an excellent point, guys. I think related to that as well and something that I think people um, often skip uh, is you also, and I'm sure we've discussed on the show before, but either way, you need to test your carry ammo in your gun. Uh, I come across far too many people who don't want to shoot their precious carry ammo. And it's, it's ridiculous how precious people get about fucking bullets. Um, but they don't want to shoot their whatever because it's expensive and all of that. And some guns don't like some ammo. Uh, that's the reality. Doesn't, and it, it doesn't matter what brand of gun it is. doesn't matter what brand of ammo. It can be your favorite brand of gun and your favorite brand of ammo and it may not work. Um, and that's not a, it, it's not a value judgment on the gun or the ammo, just sometimes those incompatibilities happen. It's less often, it's less common now than it was back in the day, uh, but it's still a reality. So, and that's especially an issue if you're using stuff that that's quite far off normal spec for your caliber. Um, you know, if you're starting to use a really, really hot load or a super light bullet or something like that, um, you increase the chances of there being a, a, a malfunction. If you're using aftermarket magazines, aftermarket magazine extensions, that sort of thing, you increase that that chance of there being an issue. Um, and, and by rights, that means you should really increase how much testing you do. Uh, I want to run at least a full 50 round box or 50 rounds of whatever I'm going to carry my gun through my gun um, to make sure it works. That's a lot less than, than the normally sort of recommended minimum you're going to see on, on US sites and, and that sort of thing. But I'm also mindful of the reality that for a lot of South Africans, A, merely finding 500 rounds of, of your carry ammo may be impossible. Um, and for a lot of people, affording it is going to be a house payment on quite a nice house uh so you know we we sometimes need to be realistic and and that's also if if you're if you can't afford to to test it a 
maybe rather buy something you can afford to test um, and B, definitely stay away from the really weird stuff. Um, you know, you see less of it nowadays, but, you know, especially like the old Glazer safety sugs and, and, and MagSafe and stuff like that, um, that, that was often a lot less reliable in the guns than, than something closer in weight and velocity to, to conventional ammo. Um, and guys didn't test them because they were ridiculously expensive and came in six packs. Uh, so I'd rather buy a mid-range sort of hollow point that comes in a 50-round box that I can afford to to replace, even if it doesn't give exactly the performance that everyone on the internet tells you need, you need to get. But as a stupid example, in a, you know, a 9mm MagTech Blue Box 115 grand JHP is probably not the greatest performing bullet in the world ever, but the quality control is good. It comes at a reasonable price. Um, it's generally reasonably available. Uh, that's, you know, I would rather have that in my gun because, I, you know, after having shot two boxes and making sure it works and being able to replace it regularly um, than having bought a 20-round box of HST when it was briefly available, of which I've shot one. So I could go, oh, wow, that's so exciting. And I've had the same 16 HSTs in my gun for the last four years you know, to the extent that the nickel's worn off the cases because this is, I read on the internet that this is the best carry load ever. Um, and it is if it goes bang. Yeah, I mean, it's if a great. No longer guarantee it will go bang exactly. after all that. So, uh, And once again, if you can't keep everything in the black of a B8 at seven meters on demand with no time limit, it doesn't matter what fucking bullets are in your gun. Exactly. So something T touched on there briefly, which sort of segues into something I started saying earlier, is quality control. Um, quality control, even on high-end carry ammo, is not always what uh, we would desire it to be. Um, now, in general, they're going to have better quality control than uh, your own reload. And in general, they're going to have better quality control than a lot of... Uh, factory fmj but stuff still slips through um we've seen and i'm not not dinging any specific companies here i'm just mentioning stuff that i've seen um we've seen ranger t's that don't actually have all the scallops in mm. the uh in the hollow point some of them are not not cut through i've got a couple um, of those in my safe at the moment I think I have two or three in my safe too that I need to go and shoot out. Those those will probably still go bang in your gun, but the problem with that is you cannot guarantee that it'll perform the way that Ranger T's perform because um, they're not to design. Um, I've also seen, and this just happens to also be Winchester, sorry, um, out the box, a case that was outside of spec. Like it wasn't 9 by 19 It was like 9 by 19 and a half or something. Yep. And the gun would not close. Um, which is why, and this is what I was talking about earlier, um, I case gauge my carry ammo. Mm. Um, I, I haven't, other than the weird ranges with, with the scallops missing, uh, I haven't found anything yet that, that was a problem, but I feel much better case gauging you know, 30 rounds of ammo before I stick it in magazine for guns. Uh, and you know, visually inspect, make sure everything's fine, plunk it in, the, in, a, in a case gauge, make sure it'll work. Uh, and make sure when you do this that the case gauge is representative of your carry gun's chamber. Um, it can be more tight, so it can be tighter than your, your gun, but don't but let it be looser because it might 
no, it might pass the gauge, but won't actually fit in the gun. Um, that's a, that's a really good habit to try and get into, um, when you, that's, you carry ammo. yeah, that's all what she said. <laughs> tighter looser slightly longer won't fit chamber oh fuck <laughs> there's always time for lubrication don't it's lube also, your carry ammo please <laughs> yeah don't lube your or your magazines don't lube your magazines either yeah don't do that <laughs> even if it does make them drop free more easily um I've also seen uh I've seen factory ammo with no extractor rim. Um, I've seen I factory ammo. Seen. No, I've seen I haven't it. seen one of those yet. I mean, no. I'm, I'm sure they're out there. But. No primer, primer in backwards, um, dinged case mouth from a, almost like you get when you reload where the bullets kind of caught the case mouth and, and crimped it up. Um, that's going to be a lot less likely on, on premium carry ammo. Um, but weird shit happens. I, I once had, so Hornady's probably got some of the best quality control um, of anyone out there. I mean, Hornady's quality control is famous. Um, I've pulled out a round of Hornady Critical Defense 38 Special out of a box that had a crack in the middle of the case. Um, so not from the case mouth, in the middle of the case. Uh, so... Yeah, I mean the the carry ammo on my gun is is not necessarily the most expensive stuff around. Um, works for my gun. I like the performance, and I can afford to replace it when it needs to be replaced. Um, I could afford to test it thoroughly, uh, and to me, that's more important than than necessarily what the oak in the gun shop. Well, generally, I don't take a huge amount of notice, but what the oak in the gun shop said, or I want so, someone said on the internet about something being the greatest performer in the history of the world ever. Yeah. Just yeah, and I mean else. this. I'm sorry, guess go ahead. Sorry, I just want to touch on what T said there. Having ammunition that's of a good quality standard, maybe not the most expensive or the best interwebs rated, but having one that is of a good standard that you can replace easily also leads you to shoot that more regularly. Maybe not even just shooting out the stuff that you've cycled through the gun. Mm. You know, you can regularly go back to test. You can regularly shoot that ammo without shedding too many tears yeah. that you can replace it. So you, you're you going to automatically, you're going to increase your ability and your interest to actually utilize that ammo for what it's there for and to actually train with it and make sure that things maintained and continue to function with it. Exactly. And I think related to that as well, and this seems to become a, a bit more of an ammo show than we intended, but you know, so be it. Um, once again, the, the ammo in my gun at the moment is not a plus B or a plus B plus load. Uh, you know, I, I'm not anti them per se. Um, I'm, I'm not the biggest plus B plus fan. Um, you know, I, I really like the, in, in 9mm, I, I really like the performance it can bring to the table. Um, I worry about potential reliability issues with, with how fast it runs the slide. And I don't carry a full-size service pistol. I carry a Glock 48, as I've spoken about it before. Um, I can shoot this gun better with a standard pressure load than I can with a plus B+. Plus. I can shoot it all right with a plus B+, plus, but I can shoot a lot better with a standard pressure load. Um, I can shoot it better with a plus P than a plus B+, plus, but even then, it's, it's somewhat violent. Um, so 
that's something to bear in mind as well. I, I come across people carrying a Glock 43 or a shield or a 365 with plus B plus ranges. And to be honest, I don't think that's the best idea. And often the people I see with it are the people who would be the worst served by that particular combination. Um, you know, shooting that sort of ammo and little guns like that is challenging. Um, so that's something to bear in mind as well when when you're selecting ammo when you and part of why we test it is going you know i when i test ammo i like to test it in some sort of standardized test um so you know like a the, the drill of the month or, or whatever um it's not just banging it off and going ooh, ooh i, I want to shoot it on a timer on a drill and go shit what was my accuracy like what was my you know what was my my time like am i you know am i normally running 30 splits on this drill with 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 this gun and my normal ammo and all of a sudden with the the awesome sort of carry ammo i'm now running 60 splits uh because then there's a there's an issue of timing there's an issue of controllability um especially strong hand only weekend only um you know it's not I'm not saying, and I'm not in the school of thought, that I must make sure that my practice ammo perfectly replicates my carry ammo. And, you know, if I carry a 124 grain bullet at 1,137 feet per second, I must make sure that I shoot a 124 grain bullet at 1,137 feet per second as a practice load. Um, I think people get a little bit sort of wrapped around the axle with that. And I think that's more of an issue. where that that sort of concern came in was when guys were were shooting Smith and Weston K frame revolvers with thirty eight wad cutters, and then dropping full bore nineteen sixties era three five seven magnum in the chamber, um, because those are two very different things. Um, the difference between shooting a one twenty four grain nine mil reload and a one twenty four grain freaking gold dot um, doesn't worry me too much uh, i, I want to test it and see but i'm not going to try and perfectly replicate it but i don't by the same token sort of moderation and and adult thinking here um you know don't don't shoot everything with a uh, with the softest load that'll cycle your gun because you shoot that really well and then carry it with the hottest thing you can fit in the chamber because someone told you that this will rip his pinky off and break his granny's hip and what the, you know whatever else so a couple of last things before we move on to the next thing that uh, Michael asked about still relates to ammo. I like to have one more box of carry ammo in my safe than I need. Um, so you don't need to keep like, like a, a, like gun importers load of, of carry ammo in, uh, in your safe. But, um, I like to, if something happens to my gun right now, and I need to replace parts. And I feel that the parts could affect the, uh, the reliability with my carry ammo. I would like to be able to go out immediately, test it, and know that I have more ammo to top up my mags again. Um, and obviously, if it doesn't work, I'll need to find different carry ammo and stuff. But that's a that's a different topic. Um, the same thing is true, like I said, you work in an environment where you end up compromising your ammunition in your gun. I don't want to have to go to... The, to, to the local gun shop and try and find the stuff that I've tested in my gun. Um, I would prefer to have an extra box 
so that when I need it, I, I have ammo. And then I can start the process of, of hunting down a new box. This is especially true and important in South Africa, where at times, ammo that guys like to carry is unobtainium for months. Um, having an extra 50 rounds, just 50 rounds in your safe, is a, is a nice way to, uh, to comfort yourself that uh, should something happen, I can restock my gun, no problem. Um, it gets you away from that. I don't have any more of this special thing. So the fact that I dropped two carry mags in the swimming pool is not going to uh, entice me to change it, despite that being the best thing to do, because I don't have any more. Uh, and I can't find any more for the next three months or whatever. So, and if that happens and you really don't have and you really can't find, um, honestly, buy some T-Set, some, some MagTech Blue Box, test that. Or buy something like Winchester Full Metal Jackets. Jason, you're going to make sure it works. That'll be, it's not ideal, but it will be fine to hold you over. Change the ammo is, is where that's going. Um, and I think, I, sorry, T, go ahead. Sorry, just related to what you said. Um, I think there's also, there's a fair amount of benefit in, just like, yeah. Totally agree and say to us, uncommon guns are uncommon for a reason. Um, in, in South Africa, we generally recommend a limited number of brands, um, partially because of quality and partially because of support uh, when it comes to guns. It's not a bad idea to be at least mindful of that with, with ammo as well. So if I get a new carry gun, I will try and test it with a selection of different carry ammo. So... Um, partially because I, I, I want to know what else is going to work with, what it's going to shoot well with. And it also means that if I can't get the Fiocchi EMBs that I carry in my gun, oh, my God, I'm going to get killed on the streets, um, and all I can get is is ranges, well, I've shot ranges through the gun, and I know they work, so it's not a catastrophe. But there's, there's a lot to be said for sort of carrying something that, that's available on the rec. Um and, and I'll use the HST example because it's a fantastic ammo. And, and HST is a great load. And I think in the last 10 years, I've seen three batches come in. So if you're not in a position to be buying a case of that every time a batch comes in, um, maybe carry something that's slightly less whiz back. Uh, you know, Winchester Ranger, QC issues aside, is generally regularly available um, of late various Hornady rounds have been regularly available. The Magtech stuff's been regularly available. Um, so there may be some logic to being mindful of that as well. You know, if you're new into this, it's a little bit more a little bit more challenging to see what's what's regularly available. If you've been around for a little while, you, you probably have an idea of what brands are, are and, and, and what loads are available. And as I say, HST Gold Dot fantastic loads probably two of the greatest bullets money can buy and i i think there's been three batches of each available in the last 10 years um so you know go it also doesn't help you to buy 200 rounds test 150 to be all awesome you've got 50 to carry it's time to replace those and and there's no more to be found so that's something to be to be mindful of as well exactly and then the final thing that i want to say about ammo and i don't know if you guys are going to have more stuff to say about it but um related to what t said about carrying sort of plus p plus loads out of uh, 
subcompact pistols. Uh, do yourself a favor when you go and test those. Not just shoot them on the clock in some standardized drill that you can do with all your different carry ammo and you can do it with all your different guns. Uh, also shoot those through the uh, through the chronograph. Um, you would be surprised how much of the plus P plus stuff don't forge you any uh, velocity advantage over the standard stuff in short barreled pistols. Uh, simply because there isn't enough time for the powder to burn before it exits the muzzle. Uh, the downside to that is you get more recoil, so they're generally a little bit more violent to shoot. Um, you get almost no or, or very little in terms of uh, velocity and dense performance uh, addition out of it. You can, if you don't have a flash suppression uh, suppressant in the powder, you could have more flash. You're definitely going to have a louder bang and more concussive force, so you're going to feel that in your chest if you have to shoot it from detention or you're shooting it in a confined space like a car or a hallway in your house or something. Um, there are many downsides to shooting that kind of stuff out of short-barreled pistols. Um, if you're shooting a full-size uh, sort of service pistol, knock yourself out. Um, that's what that stuff was designed around. Um, the shorter the barrel is, the more you sort of, you need to start looking at slightly heavier bullets uh, because less powder involved, cleaner burn, less concussive force, less reports, so less, less loud bang, uh, and generally more consistent uh, velocities round to round. And, so, and, it's, make sure. and of, often out of a shorter barrel, a, a heavier bullet will lose less velocity relatively. Um, yeah, more consistent and, velocities, yeah. You know, I I have some I know some really really switched on guys who who if they carry um, primarily in the states where, where they have more options than us, but uh, the times where they may carry a J frame, so you know Smith and Wesson thirty eight snub or a Ruger LCR, something like that, either as a backup or as a NPE gun, or because they live in a less dangerous place. Um, a large percentage of the of the and we're talking switched on high end shooters will carry that gun loaded with 148 grand mid-range wad cutters as opposed to, you know, whiz-bang hollow points because, A, out of the short barrel, they're not expecting a huge amount of, of, of expansion, with a, especially with 38 Special. And, B, they can shoot the wad cutter better. Um, they can shoot it more accurately and faster, and it's going to shoot to their sights. So that's a useful lesson. Um, you know, it's, it, it's something to bear in mind that, that there's more to this package than just terminal performance. I don't want to carry full metal jackets if I can avoid it, especially in something like a nine millimeter. QC is not as good. There's a lot more chance of over penetration or ricochets or that sort of thing. So it's not a case of, I'm, we're not saying to you that, you know, that sort of hair shirt, oh, bullets to bullets doesn't really matter. Um, but by the same token, don't get too sort of focused on, I have to have this load. I've, I've, I've come across some some sort of ammo nerds, and I'm an ammo nerd myself. But guys, who just have this sort of, oh, I've, I've got to, I, I have, to, I have to carry this load in my gun. Yeah, but it doesn't cycle in your gun. Yeah, but it, it doesn't matter. Look what it does in jail. This, but it doesn't work reliably in your pistol. Uh, you know, reliability comes first. Uh, if the gun doesn't go bang every time you pull the trigger, nothing else really matters. Yep. Yep. If it's it's not a gun if it doesn't go bang. Mm. It's a short handled club. Very short club, yeah. <laughs> short clubs Especially. are generally not that useful. Especially if it's a pocket pistol. <laughs> <laughs> uh, cool stuff. So there's the uh 
the change carry ammo one, which uh, sort of tangents into into all sorts of other really interesting stuff. Uh, a tangent on this show? No, never. It never happens. I can't. <laughs> uh michael's next question is what info do we write on targets and do we keep photographs of them do we keep the actual targets um i'm guessing this is if you go and do standardized drills to track your performance yes uh i've never really written anything down on my targets and i'll occasionally take pictures of a good grouping forget when it was and then delete the picture <laughs> <laughs> I want to point Sorry. out that that despite what T and I will say after Gaz has spoken, uh, Gaz is the best shooter on this show. <laughs> no, I I haven't really done that. To be to be honest, yeah, I don't so, know targets. You also don't, T. No, I, I'll also I'll photograph a target like either like like the drill of the month. That's been a thing, or if. Like I was messing around with something and I want to share it with you, or, or you know, sort of other shooting friends where it'll be like, check this group or, or, or look at what happened with this. Um, yeah, sure. But besides that, yeah, I shoot the fuck out of targets and then throw them away um, because they're done. <laughs> I, I do. I will keep. <laughs> I will keep uh, track of some stuff on sort of standardized drills. There's some there's some drills where I kind of know where my performance is. Um, what I will sometimes do is is generally with a note on my phone because I've got that with me. Um, you know, especially when I'm doing a comparison. So if I'm going, how does this gun shoot versus this gun? I'll I'll run a series of standardized drills and and tr and keep track of the scores and the times and that sort of thing just for comparison purposes uh, and. Once that's gone, also I generally forget what I was looking at. Yeah, six months later, I've kind of made a decision. Oh, I'm trying to make the same decision again quite often, um, and I'll just delete whatever's there. So I do write on targets very rarely, but I do. Um, if I'm submitting it for something like drill of the week, uh, drill of the month, keep calling it the week. I don't know why. For drill of the month, um, yeah, me too, but. There's no way we can do a drill of the week. <laughs> there needs to be some some information there. Uh, it's it's much simpler to just take a, a photo with the timer. Uh, but if you need to, you can take separate photos of the timer and the target and write stuff in target, whatever. If you need to submit it to a place like uh, like um, NatShoot, obviously you need to write some standardized information that they require on the target. Uh, if I'm going to put it on Facebook because I'm happy with my performance or what I did there, or I want to showcase how I fucked up, I'll write the stuff on the target because it's easier than typing it out to just photo, here you go. Um, other than that, I don't really. Um, I'll keep track of uh, performance on standardized drills for short periods of time. Uh, this generally happens when I'm experimenting with uh, a change in ammunition or I'm starting to play with a different gun or I've changed something about the way that I use that gun or, or something on the gun. Uh, I'll keep track of performance for a short period of time. Um, and when I'm doing um, sort of accuracy testing with new loads, I'll write the load and where I shot the time of day and stuff on the, on the target. But I don't keep those. Those are only kept while I'm testing different loads to figure out what works. And once I know what works, those guns trash. 
Um, yeah. I don't have a stack of, of targets lying around. Um, I have some shot targets, but those are just your IDPA or, or IPSEC targets that are going to get shot again. I don't keep them for the, uh, for the sake of keeping track of stuff. And I really don't keep photos. If it goes on Facebook, I'll have a record of it because it'll pop up in a year's time when it reminds me and it'll be as useful as it was the day that I took the photo, i.e. not at all. Um, <laughs> um, I don't keep photos and stuff targets. Uh, I, I don't find it to be useful. Now, if, you, if you're going to be keeping some sort of uh, record of a standardized rule that you, that you can keep a good record, and if it's a time drill or accuracy both or both, having a picture of that target with the timer in it could prove to be useful for you to track your progress, depending on what kind of sort of level you're shooting at at the moment, what you're going through, what you're learning. Um, because that photo that you take instantly has a time and date stamp on it as well. So you can keep track of that drill as well. So for me, writing stuff on the target and or keeping targets is not done. When the target is done, it is in the trash. Yeah. So just to add to the, to the photos and, and taking photos of timers and, and targets together, uh, that is less useful than it sounds because you can't really search for it. Um, a sure. far better idea is to to do something like T does notes on your phone or something in Excel where you can go find or search or whatever the function is on, on the device you're using and you can type in Glock 48 food court standards and it'll show you the record of all the shit it finds related to that. Photos don't give you that. Um, no, they don't. Like there is some software available that you can use to process text in photos and index that stuff. But honestly, if you're getting advice on how to store this data and sort of aggregate it, you don't have that, that facility available to you. And if you um, have that facility, you probably don't shoot guns or talk to the opposite gender. Oh, exactly. I shoot guns and talk to the opposite gender. What is that? I mean, I don't use that technology. I have access to it. It's well, I said if you use the technology, I'm going to give you an ah, outfit. Cool. Also, I, I'm I, not sure what gender you are, um, <laughs> but I don't. I I I don't assume. Okay, but uh, and the good thing with is if you're running a note type system on your phone or Excel or whatever the guys have spoken about, you can also keep track record of things like the weather and how you were feeling and. Etc. 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 Maybe you had a cut on your finger and you couldn't pull the trigger blacker or whatever the case is. <laughs> you can also keep notes of that sort of stuff, which is which can prove to be helpful at some point. Yeah, if you go back yeah. and ever look at it, if no, no, if no, you no, ever no, go it, back and look at it, yeah, it it can be. I can see where it could be useful. Um, it's just I know me, and I'm never going to go back and look at what I did on draw six months ago. Um, because it's irrelevant. Um, I want to know if I'm going backwards sort of month on month, but I don't care how I'm doing, how I'm tracking versus six months ago. Um, six months ago that, is, yeah, not relevant. I, I, I get that from match performance. So I shoot matches and I can sort of gauge where my performance is against the people I shoot with regularly. Um, and that's enough for me to know where I am. Uh, am I struggling at the moment? Am I doing well? Do I need to work on something specific? Um, I don't really keep detailed track of this sort of stuff. So the answer is if you want to and you find value in it, write on the target whatever you think is necessary for you to find value in it. Uh, it's probably better to not write on the target, but to rather capture it in a note or, or Excel or something where you can search for it. 
or if you're doing pictures, do it in addition to being able to search for it with a note or something. Um, I wouldn't get too wrapped around the axle on what you write in the target. Write what is relevant. So I wouldn't, as Gary said, you had a cut in your finger and you couldn't shoot the gun well on that day. Uh, you may want to write that on that particular exercise for that day, but I wouldn't then for the rest of eternity write, my finger is okay, I could pull the trigger today. Um, <laughs> it's, it's not useful. It's not. <laughs> Not Eric, that gets a very long list. Uh, ankle was okay today, hip was fine, neck was okay, back was a little bit stiff. Oh, fuck. <laughs> I need to crawl onto the range. <laughs> See, that that just gets too much. Like, I, yeah, <laughs> we don't write in time. What you could do is just write a little W for Widdoms if there was something wrong. <laughs> I think also. One of the advantages to doing standardized drills, especially if you're doing um, more challenging ones, is you'll probably have a reasonable idea of, of where you sort of run on those drills. Um, and if it's if it's something really challenging, you're probably you're probably not breaking that standard on the rig. Um, so, like Gabe White's food court standards. <laughs> A, if you're shooting that turbo on demand, you're not listening to the show. Um, and everyone probably knows who you are. Uh, so, you know, that's something to bear in mind as well. So if you if you, if you make sure that you're, you're stretch going, and I think this is where a lot of people get themselves in trouble, and I think this has one been one of the big eye-openers and it was an intended consequence of Drill of the Week, Drill of the Month. Um, <laughs> Sorry, T. <laughs> <laughs> I keep calling it drill of the week. Um, I think, and, and one of the reasons why, why I started it was exactly this. I think we've had a, a fair amount of people. And, and I, as I got to say, I'm really grateful that we've had the guys posting the results um, because a lot of guys have bled a lot of ego on that page and gone, fuck, I'm not as good as I thought I was. Uh, and that was the whole point of it. Not so that we could go, hey, hey look at you, so-and-so shot better than you. Um, but so that you could look at this and go, shit, there's a, there, there's a hole in my, in my skill set. Um, you know, I think a lot of guys have all of a sudden discovered, um, and we've had discussions about this offline, um, a lot of guys going, shit, my, my carry-gun skills are not what I thought they were. Um, you know, I'm a solid competitive shooter and, and the mechanical skills of shooting the gun are there, but homeboy hasn't drawn his gun from concealment in 18 months. Uh, so once he can get it shooting, he can shoot a right, but his draw is, his draw is taking as long as, as some guys are doing the whole drill in, um, because he hasn't, he hasn't worked that skill, uh, so that was kind of the thinking behind Drill of the Month and that was, um, and, and I've been really glad to see that we've gotten that and, and I've been really glad to see that the guys, you know, on the page have, have had the right, or on the group, have had the right sort of attitude about Lenny bullshit this. It hasn't been a case of let me make excuses for myself. It hasn't been a, a case of, oh, well, well, it, it's, 
simply been a case of guys going, shit, I need to work on this and shit, I need to work on that. And and that was the whole idea behind it. Um, I think it's important to have a, a realistic audit of, of where you are um, with that gear. You know, that's the other thing. You know, we, we, we've said it before and, and I feel it strongly. Competition isn't going to get you killed in the streets. Um, spending a whole lot of time shooting your Shadow 2 or your STI or whatever is not going to make you completely useless with a Glock 26 you carry every day. Uh, but you need to spend some time, you know, if, if you're running a, an STI from a CR speed rig and your carry gun is a shield carrier appendix, um, those draws are different enough that you need to spend some time working on getting that gun into action and, and working the different mechanics. Um, because if you want to have a, 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 a reasonable on-demand skill set, it's going to require that. Um, yeah, exactly. Um, so just a, a small add-on to that. Uh, I found that since I, obviously, my, my volume of shooting has increased a lot since I started shooting competition, um, which may be part of why this is true. But my average performance with any gun is better than it's ever been. I might not be able to pick up every gun that I come across and shoot them to the standard that I can shoot you know, my competition 1911. Uh, but I can pick up pretty much any gun and shoot it respectably. Um, it does not mean that I can, I can shoot it sort of hair on fire and does not mean that I can shoot perfect groups with it, but I will be able to do really good work with it regardless of what it is. Um, and that's a good side effect of shooting a lot and with competition comes shooting a lot. Um, so absolute benefits there where uh, might not be perfect, but my, my skills with my competition gun certainly have transferred to things that don't even remotely re like resemble what I shoot in competitions and what I carry. So won't get you killed. It'll make you better. -er. doesn't mean that you don't have to practice the very stuff you have to uh, because it is different. And if you want to shoot them closer, in performance level to each other, you need to train with each individual item. But and 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 sometimes that may involve, and and this is one of the advantages of doing things like these. This that may involve a case of of looking at something about your carry setup and going, this is suboptimal. Um, it may not be that your guns are suboptimal. It may be that maybe carrying it in on your ankle or in a handbag or you know duct taped to your back. Um, is is not ideal and, and isn't giving you the best possible results and and maybe you you need to look at, at adjusting that um you know as opposed to just ignoring it which realistically is what often happens guys you know and, and this this is one of those things where unfortunately competition shooters can be a little bit slack they go to the range they put on their carry gear they shoot it they go fuck i better shoot my carry gun um so they try and pull the star decal out their right front pocket. Their first shot takes seven and a half seconds. Um, and they, they kind of just, ah, it'll be, you know, sort of, it'll be all right on the night uh, and they carry on. So it, it's something that I'm quite passionate about as much as I am a gamer. Um, I really would like to see guys be a little bit more, especially competition shooters, but shooters in general, um, be a little bit more serious about their, their defensive stuff. And that doesn't involve, you know, 
having to shoot tens of thousands of rounds um, through your carry gun every year. But, you know, 50 rounds a month um, is probably not going to kill you. Uh, if you can do some some dry practice from from how you carry that gun, uh, it's going to show you if there's weaknesses. It's going to show you just just like we have with our competition gear, um, but it's going to show you what you need to work on to get the best possible results. Uh, it was part of my thinking. It was it was a thing I, I posted yesterday as we record this. I think, which means real world. When you listen to this, depending on when you listen to this, it's at least a week ago or possibly 15 years ago, um, where I tried the, the, the April drill of the month with a whole lot of different guns back to back because there is a there is an adjustment there. Um, and I was I, I didn't I didn't shoot any of them as well as guns I shoot regularly. Uh, but the mechanics transfer, Pretty well, as Corn said, you know, you know, guns that are quite different um, <laughs> sights and triggers. If you if you can if you can use sights and triggers, you'll get a pretty solid standard. Um, you know, it, it may not be your your full capability. It may not be what you want, but you can get a pretty solid standard. Um, but if you don't have those fundamentals down. It's not even going to work with the gun you shoot all the time, never mind with a, a variety of guns. Exactly. Exactly. So that was uh, what to write on targets and another sort of segue off into the bushes. <laughs> At this rate, we probably only have room for one more. Uh, so I'm trying. To, can we do two more? I'll skip those ones. So let's let's talk about the the, the very next one. Um, when to clean guns is is Michael's next. Uh, so <laughs> I, I I can give you a, a a quick sort of summary of when I clean guns. Um, my competition guns get cleaned uh, pretty much when they start giving shit uh, or before an important match. Um, that's that's sort of the, the the two extremes on that. Um, they get lubed religiously uh, because I have to, otherwise they won't work. Uh, but I would recommend that even for guys who shoot guns that will work, even if they're dry. Um, wet guns work better than dry guns. That's just science. So <laughs> so lube your guns. Um, my carry gun sort of depends. Uh, I'm I'm not one of the dudes who likes to clean guns and I, I certainly don't clean my carry guns often. Uh, but if the gun is starting to, to I clean, let, let's just put it this way. I clean my carry gun more than I clean anything else. Um, and cleaning it does not involve detail stripping and stuff. Even your cleaning pockets. it. <laughs> exactly. Cleaning it involves like, checking for like pocket lint and shit in, in sort of magazines for carry guns and uh, making sure it's lubed and you know, making sure that like the grip scales are tightened down on the gun, that kind of stuff. Um, so not really cleaning. It's more sort of uh, a preventative set of checks that I do that also involves just wiping it down with a cloth effectively. Gaz? We lost Gaz. Sorry. <laughs> uh, 
I had the yes. thingy on mute and I was having a good conversation with myself. <laughs> <laughs> Did you agree with yeah. yourself? I actually answered myself, so I'm a bit worried now. Oh, oh well, you know. As long as okay, you agreed. So, so composition guns are pretty much the same as Cornet and I they get cleaned when they start giving a bit of trouble. Uh maybe if I'm gonna be changing parts or something like that, depending on the maintenance schedule. And before a big match, but I make sure to foul them up before I get to that big match. I don't want to get to the big match with a spotless gun. Don't trust clean guns. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my carry gun goes through regular inspection to make sure that there's nothing causing any issues, but I'm not, I, I would say I'll maybe take check it. Jeez. I don't have a strict routine on it. I just, whenever I take it out and I put it away or whatever at night when I'm going to bed, then I'm going to check it to make sure that there's nothing funny going on out on going on on the exterior side of the gun, and then every now and then, which is probably going to work out to every two or three weeks, I'll take the 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 top end off just to check that there's nothing funky that's gotten into the gun. That's obviously going to depend on environment and what I've been doing at work and that. If something goes haywire or I have a rough day, I'm going to make sure I check it. But that's sort of rule of thumb for me. But I'm that not cleaning sense. it regularly. I'll make sure it's lubed. Solid advice. T? I normally clean them when I sell them. <laughs> <clears throat> the best way to carry your, okay. uh, to clean your EDC gun <laughs> is to shoot it. Uh, okay, sometimes I clean them when I sell them. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's sometimes I go, truth. fuck you, you got a good enough price, you don't get it cleaned. Um, sometimes I clean it and then you run it after I sell it to you. Corner. Um... <laughs> I yeah I, I my competition guns I generally clean uh, when it's time to do sort of maintenance. So drug side every five thousand rounds when I change recoil springs, I'll generally give them a bit of a clean. Um, if 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 it looks really problematic before that, I might. And and by clean, it's generally a case of wiping the worst of the crap off. Um, and running a ball snake through the barrel. Uh, my guns are always kept wet um, with DVC tech lubricants, um, but my guns are always kept okay. lubricated. Uh, <laughs> and my mags are generally kept pretty clean, um, like, you know, but, uh, and, and I'm quite anal about keeping on top. So I, I keep round counts on, on the guns I shoot sort of a lot. Um, I discovered the other day my classic guns on like eight or nine thousand rounds. I didn't even realize. Uh, nice. <laughs> but yeah, you know, I, I found the list from blah, 2019. Um, I, I keep, uh, you know, I keep logs on that sort of thing. So I know when it's time to replace springs and shock buffs and whatever that particular gun requires. And generally, I'll do that. Um, my carry gun, I won't shoot a match with a clean gun. I won't carry a clean gun. Um, if I'm going to clean my carry gun, I'll clean it and then I'll go shoot it and make sure it works. Um, once again, my carry gun is normally lubed. I'm anal about magazines in my carry gun. Um, so my yeah. carry mags are super baby. They literally, they come out the packaging, they get function tested with carry ammo. Uh, they get shot every few months to make sure that they work, but they don't, 
they don't get dropped on the ground. I don't do mag changes with them. I don't do shoot matches with them or anything like that. They are literally babied. Um, none of this is good advice. What you should really do is clean your gun every time you shoot it or once a month or any time it's been subjected to harsh environmental conditions. Um, but I honestly shoot guns too often to do that uh, and I hate cleaning guns and I don't trust cleaning guns so listen to me yeah I think just to, to clarify that um, so thank you for the quote out of the gun manual there of when to clean your guns um, a lot manual, of the, that's I, out of the armorers manual bitch there we go the no, armorers manual I, I I don't want to generalize too much, um, but a lot of people are more likely to take a functional gun and turn it into a non-functional gun when they clean it um, through disassembly uh, than you are likely to have problems with the gun if you were to never clean it, like ever, um, but you kept it looped. So as a result, I would sort of err on the side of, of – cleaning less lubricating more um and when it truly becomes necessary to 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 actually clean the gun um don't take it a, like apart further than is absolutely required so don't strip it on into the, its its fundamental pieces because you shot three rounds on that topic don't detail strip your gun unless you're a gunsmith or an armorer for that gun don't detail strip your gun every time you want to clean it, especially if you're one of those people who cleans their gun every time they shoot it, unless you're only shooting it once a year. Um, you are going to do more damage and accelerate way more by detail stripping your gun. every. You know, I've come across guys who once a week detail strip their gun, um, which is a little bit like going, I drove my car to the shops, I now need to rebuild my engine. Um, yeah it's it's unnecessary you're going to accelerate where you're going to increase the chance of something going wrong um it, it it may seem like a good idea it's not um i honestly deal with a lot more guns that are giving shit not because of a lack of maintenance um i mean i, I <laughs> And, and everything's, you know, within reason. I've, we, we've dealt with guns that didn't work because of a complete lack of maintenance. Um, but I've dealt with a lot more guns that didn't work because someone detail stripped it and put it back together wrong um, than I have uh, guns that didn't work because they were too dirty. Um, and that's, that's not an official sort of recommendation or anything, but that is an observation, you know, that, that I'm quite confident about. So raise your hands. If you've ever taken your gun apart to whatever level, reassembled it to find that it doesn't work. So even if you knew exactly what you did wrong and you could fix it immediately, I mean, all of us will raise our hands for that. Uh, and whoop, and that, he's raising two hands for that. <laughs> um, the reality is that that happens and that's more likely to remain a problem the more often you strip the gun. Um, at some point, you're going to do something wrong that isn't immediately obvious. Uh, you're going to stick a gun back together. You're going to stick it back in your holster. You're going to think you've got a gun that works. And you might not. So, Law of averages. 
Exactly. Take it down as far as is absolutely necessary and no further. Uh, and that, that generally is not detail strip for 99.99999% of what needs to happen to guns. Uh, lube more, clean less. Don't worry about it any further than that. Um, you also, sorry, just to, to, just to end on that, the, you hear guys getting obsessed all the time with having a clean gun or whatever. No one ever, ever mentions their magazines or inspecting their magazines. Mm. Yep. If you, if you absolutely have to clean and check something on the rig, check your mags. <laughs> the, one, the one that annoys me the, the most is when a guy will be, oh, I need to buy new mags, which is cool. Because um, I need new and and the brand new mags become range mags, and I've seen guys where they've got a pile of brand new mags that are range mags, and the carry mag in their gun is an early '90s production mag, and not an early '90s production mag that's been sitting in the cupboard since then. Um, and and in most guns, there's been changes to your magazine design since then, um, but the same mag that the gun came out the box with in 1993 when they bought it, you know, when everyone bought guns um, and they still carry that same mag. And and that's madness to me. Um, yeah. Just a final thing on this. If you go and do training, um, I don't mean practice, practice too, but if you go and do training with your carry gear, um, be sure to shoot your range mags and not your carry mags. Like T said, we don't drop the carry mags on the floor. We don't practice reloads with it because you'll bend feed lips and things. We don't try and squeeze that three extra rounds into them that we do for competition because you're reducing reliability and you're increasing wear and likely to fail. When you go and do training, make sure that you use mags that are not the mags that you're going to be carrying home in that gun. Um, if you absolutely have to do training with your carry gun, which is not a bad idea if it's sort of carry related skills and things. Um, if you're doing anything that might be abusive to the firearm during that training, uh, I would recommend that you take a second gun with that is carryable to get you home from the range in case necessary. Um, not advising you do stuff that's abusive to your gun, but, uh, for instance, if you go and do some stuff at, with Adrian at Magnum, uh, Magnum is famous for making guns stop working uh, because of the, the sort of range dust that they have there. So mm. if you're going to go and do carry gun training stuff there, if you at all can, make sure that you take a second gun that can get you home if need be. If you can't do that, and this counts even if you can do that, be sure to take lube, lube the gun before you leave the range. Okay? Because it's more likely to have malfunctions after that. If you add loop, it's less likely to have. So, don't necessarily cancel out, but uh, it it gives you a higher probability of not having issues should something happen as, when you're right home. Sorry, guys. No, I was just going to say, as with most things, when you add loop, yes, they work better. Rah, 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 rah. Um, there's one final one that we can maybe touch on briefly, so we're going to sure. skip the all the other stuff. He's asking about uh, checking holsters for cracks. Um, I haven't cracked any of my carry holsters as yet. Right. Uh, I, I've broken clips and stuff off some of them during training and practice and stuff. So I, I have done stuff. I haven't cracked any yet. Um, but excellent point. Uh, checking for cracks and Kydex holsters is a good idea. 
checking for uh, excessive bending, folding, uh, flapping, etc. And leather holster is a really good idea. Um, making sure that the hardware is tightened. Um, I had to relock tighten and retighten the uh, the screws on my Enigma earlier this week uh, because they have been fine for a couple of months. And I stuck the holster on. And I'm like, that's in a weird spot. That's not quite right. So I adjust the belt and it's like, this is still not quite right. So I took it off and I had a look and like there was just slight wiggle happening because the screws had come undone. Um, that kind of, th- those kind of checks are important. Same thing goes for your EDC belts uh, that you're using. Make sure that they're in good condition, not ripping, not wearing through in places, not sagging excessively. Make sure the buckles are good so they don't come loose when you draw against them. Um, pants and things, of course, if you're, if you're carrying uh, a holster that is dependent on belt loops, Make sure that you wear good quality pants that are serviceable um, because if the belt loops come off the pants when you draw your gun, you're not getting a gun. You're getting belt loops, holster, everything combined, not a, not a serviceable gun. Um, T-Bag, anything that you check on the rigs? Yeah, pretty much similar stuff. Check hardware um, that can come loose. Uh, I have cracked a few holsters over the years holsters mag pouches that sort of thing um so that is that is worth looking out for none of this stuff is uh you know it's going to last forever um leanne's a little actually we were discussing earlier little trigger guard cover sort of like a uh, an early raven vanguard one style holster that jeff carter made when he was still when when he was still running carter custom kydex so I probably got that 12, 13 years ago that she she uses quite regularly and that cracked today. Um, so good gear will last a long time, but it can happen. Um, and those screws are always a, a ball act to replace if they fall out or that. Uh, so, yeah, just also use it. Um, that's going to give you a good idea of, of, of what's happening. Um, use it, eyeball it. If it's got a screw, it's ne- never. It's very rarely a bad idea to to um, paint paint pen it. Um, that'll very quickly tell you if something's gone wrong. Yeah. Yes. My my stuff. I I try and check on the rig. You know, I'm typically handling my belt every day. My holster's getting handled every day. Um, so I'm typically going to be checking those sort of things for any sort of. I'm not doing it religiously, like I'm going through the holster meticulously and checking each screw. But I'm keeping a, an eye on it when I'm putting when I'm getting dressed in the mornings or when I'm getting undressed in the evenings. I'm sort of doing a subconscious once over on all my gear. And and typically, like you experienced, you're immediately gonna find something small that's changed. Um uh, it's probably it would probably be a good idea for me to add in some sort of routine to check my auxiliary equipment once a month or whatever the case is, but I haven't had my current system of once daily when I get dressed and undressed subconsciously checking it fail. So so interestingly, I don't typically go through the gear um, like a fine tooth comb. Yeah. Uh, I think I've mentioned this on the show a couple of times. Uh, part of my, my ritual of getting dressed in the morning is I get dressed, I stick my gun on, I do a couple of uh, dry fire draws, as Derek is, is illustrating. <laughs> and... Uh, that will pretty much immediately tell me if something's wrong, uh, gun, belt, or holster related, uh, because it feels different. Uh, so if you do 100%. this every day, it feels different. 
and you'll know that there's something wrong. Um, I also a fidgeter, so like fidgeting with my my reload mag for my carry is a really common thing. So no, I, I can tell that the thing is where it should be and, and everything's sort of tightened down like it should be because you know, the, it comes out cleanly and it, it, there's no snagging and nothing feels weird. Um, so that typically tells me if something's starting to go wrong, screws are starting to come undone, uh, belts starting to go, whatever. That typically tells me what I need to know. Um, but for this stuff to work, you need some form of consistency. So you need to sort of on the rigs handle the stuff so you can get used to what that feels like um, so you can tell if something's wrong and not switch out gear excessively because um, if you're changing holsters every two or three days you're never going to have this sort of subconscious this is what it should be like built into you it's just never going to happen because it's going to feel you know, different a couple of times a week because you're changing it um, so yeah Guys, I, I also don't go through stuff with a with a fine tooth comb. Like I said, I haven't cracked the carry holster yet. It's coming because I know that it happens. It's the fact that I haven't done it doesn't mean anything. Uh, sure. But I have broken belt clips and things off of holsters, clean off them um, during draws and things. And but if something's starting to go, you might feel that when you're doing a couple of practice draws in the morning, you can go, okay, well, this is not okay to carry. I need to do something else today. Um, or you might just rip them off in the morning. You do your practice draws. And go. Okay, well, that horse is going in the trash. <laughs> you do something else. Um, yeah, yeah. So some form of uh, ritual is a is a good idea, in my opinion. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Teabag, anything else from your side? Mm, not much, really. I think we've done quite a bit. Mr. Evans, uh, I'm all good. I think we've done done nicely. Cool stuff. Will you lead us out? Yeah, of course. Okay, I won't. I won't steal Terex Thunder, but uh, we we were. I think if I steal his Thunder again, I might get shot. Mike. Not from where he is now. He carries nine more. It doesn't fly. Like that. <laughs> I know where you live. Uh, yeah, he knows where I live. Um, Before curfew. <laughs> what time is curfew these days? Twelve. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, as always, we'd like to send out our thanks and appreciation to all of those guys who've been involved and posted multiple times and just got involved with um, our drill of the month. Uh, we do appreciate all that feedback and we hope that it's giving something back to you and, and that it's giving you an opportunity to practice. And we also, as always, thankful for all of the listeners. Um, and if you haven't subscribed yet, please subscribe. We we need a minimum of five stars in the rating and then you're part of the club. Um if you do like one star and you do the drill of the month, then we might think about giving you half membership. But either way, we appreciate you. Thanks a bunch. Later, losers. <laughs>